Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. I with my co-host Trevor. In this podcast, we're going to talk about One Division, the season wrap-up, a review. And it's going to be spoilers, so y'all been warned. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Trevor's not with me face-to-face on this podcast, we're doing it over Skype. You know, he got other things he got to take care of, so he ain't bother coming my way. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm playing. an hour out there just for this. I'm just playing. <laughs> you, know, I'm joking. you know, I'm just joking, man. <laughs> So, uh, how you been, man? I've been good. Yeah, just chilling. Chilling. Yeah, man. Today's been a pretty decent day. You know, got my first COVID nineteen shot, the first dose. Nice. Yeah, man. My arm's a little bit sore. You know, so that happened today. <laughs> good first step. Good first step. Yeah. So I recommend people go get the vaccine if you have not gotten yet. If you don't want to get it, yeah, that's absolutely. your choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it it is, but you know, if it, it's it's a much better way for us all to get to the um, uh, what's it called? Now my mind is blanking. But in order for us to all be better protected, um, it, it, you know, it would be it's better for everybody to have a vaccine. So if you have the the opportunity to get one, then I definitely recommend you get it. Yeah. yeah, herd immunity. That was the word I was looking for. It's, that's right. Yeah, the right way to get herd. Way to herd immunity. Yeah, that's a, that's the and fastest way. Then we can way. hopefully all start getting back to our regular lives again. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. I don't even remember anymore. Nah, I know, right? Yeah. So, in no, in this episode right here, we are going to first of all, we're going to this one's going to be going to be some spoilers, okay? Um, Trevor and I decided to do the one division. Um, season review you know because we thought about it say you know we want to do each episode like everybody do each episode right so we just go ahead and just do the whole entire season on one division and like i said there is going to there are going to be spoilers so we're going to try to at least break down the season you know a little bit you know for my comic book knowledge you know and trevor you know being liking comic books and stuff like that he, he like he like good stuff in general ain't that right trevor Everything I like is good stuff. That's just the way it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some of that good stuff. <laughs> Yo, so let's start it off, man. Because I'm, I don't want to go. Do you really want to go episode by episode, or do we want to just go and just in general? Do you want to go? How I say do you let's do just it? discuss it in general, you know. But because um, I don't remember precisely what happened every episode i think you know we can kind of go okay in, in general discuss the thing as a whole okay though well let me just say, start off saying about this man i, I want to get your opinion on this too or you got something to say about it i think what the mcu marvel studio has done with this 
they first ever Disney Plus um, TV series. I think it was the right choice for them to do because, you know, with the streaming service these days, every streaming service had their original content, right? Original shows. And, you know, and Disney mm-hmm. just had a, a successful um, two season run so far with The Mandalorian, right? right. Uh, Disney. Yeah. So Marvel Studios are uh, have, were announcing they're doing television shows at this time right now. You know, Agents of Shield was on the outs. Um, Hulu it was you no know, up, up, uh, absorbed by Disney. You know, when they got the purchase from Fox, you know they already had like the Ghost Rider was canned. The only thing that was left on the Hulu TV, mean Marvel Television, was um, Hellstrom, I believe, that was left. Right. Yeah. So you know, for for years, you know, we was told that Agents of Shield, the Marvel Television series, was like including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was connected to the MCU, which by, by it really wasn't, it was loosely based, I guess you say. <laughs> yeah, in a way, I mean, and, and part of what, what happened here in uh, in WandaVision, which we'll get to later with right. the, the Dark, the, what, the Dark Home, is yeah, that what it's called? It's the Dark Home. You know, that, that, yeah, that may even relegates agents of shield to like non-canon status right i was was about to get to that when i later on right so we yeah we'll get to that later but yeah i mean agents of shield was one of those ones that it was considered canon but nothing that happened in the show ever impacted any of the movies right it's it's like they may do a couple things that then oh in the movie look it did turn out to be you know something but like the helicarrier showing up at the end of uh, age of ultron right but I mean, if you had just watched the movie, none of it really matters whether it was the Agents of Shield or anything that had anything to do with that. So it was it was only a one way street. Everything yeah. that happened in the MCU movies impacted Agents of Shield, but it didn't go the other way. Right. So I mean, Agents of Shield was a fun series, but it's kind of disposable when it comes to the canon of the the MCU. And the same for Runaways. Runaways, Cloak and Dagger. You know, there was right. Yeah, all all of those really have not come into play in any way, shape, or form. No, They're or, just kind of fun little offshoots. Or even Netflix series. Even so those. far, the Netflix series, yeah. yes. But so, you know, it with the rumors of uh, Charlie Cox, uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil being in the next Spider-Man movie, then a lot. Some of that may actually start to become. Well, I mean, technically, it was already treated as canon. Yeah, it but was. it now may be officially entering the MCU proper. Right. And, you know, and finding the connections. Yeah, so I think that was a great idea for them to do. Because like you said, once um, Jeff Loeb was done being head of television for Marvel, and now Kevin Feige had basically full control of the television department of Marvel Studios. So I think think that was a great thing to do for them. Because now... You could do the television shows that directly come from the movie, the, the you know, and you, people won't really be lost. Like, for instance, like I say, with WandaVision, WandaVision takes place right after the Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so, um, you know, we, we begin WandaVision with, uh, what was it, a 50 sitcom homage? Two was it fifties? Uh, sixties. I think it was the fifties. The black and white was fifties, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was the fifties. Yeah. Yeah, the fifties was the first. So, I think 
what Kevin Feige done and the, the people in Marvel Studios was outside the box. You understand what I'm saying with One Division? Because this is something that was totally different and unique in its own way that was in the Marvel, the MCU um, um, universe. You know, it was their own little thing. And after finishing the season, I'm just, I'm not I'm jumping ahead, but it was seen to me that this was the right move for them to do. Uh, what, what you think? Um, so here's here's my thoughts on it. Um, I like the idea. I, I think there. I think it's successful, and I think it was a a good strategy because as the MCU starts adding more and more characters to the roster, but they only have like you know two or three movie slots per year right. for showing films in theaters. It was going to become a lot harder to encompass everything and you know without it all being just you know big you know team fests like the avengers movies and things like that um and yes a lot of the you know some of the the older characters were starting to go away you know they were starting to phase them out like you know iron man and captain america um but for the exception of thor exception of thor exception of him well yes Thor. I mean, some of them are still around, obviously. Thor is still around. Hulk is still around. Hawkeye is still around. Um, You know, Black Widow died, but she did have her own solo movie. Uh, But it's a nice way of kind of bringing some of these characters in and then introducing new characters while at the same time being able to do the tentpole movies and, you know establish new characters and then they can all kind of play around and switch back and forth right from tv to um the movies uh so i think it's a great idea i i do i do like it and and the fun thing about a television show is that because it's structured differently from a movie is you can do different things with it right. as wandavision is a perfect example of that you couldn't do wandavision as a movie it just would not work. No, it would not. I agree. <laughs> I really agree on right. that one. But because it's a TV show, they can change the format. So it was like, you know, for the first several episodes, it was like, here's our 50s episode. And then the next one is a 60s homage. Right. And then the next one's a 70s parody. And then the next, you know, it's like they could do that because each episode was its own standalone thing with a connecting arc going all through the thing. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and I, so, and I think for me, sorry to cut you off. I think for me though, for a television series, I think we said this before you could flesh out the characters even more. You got more time to have character development. Cause with Wanda, you know, we, we got the glimpse, we got Wanda in her first appearance, at age of Ultron. We got the, the glimpse of their backstory, right? Her and her brother. You know, and then she shows up in Civil War, and then she shows up in Infinity War and Endgame. But, you know, you don't get the whole scope of the character. But with WandaVision, you get that. You know what I'm saying? So Right. So, yeah, previously we had only seen her in Vision as, you know, like part of a team. Right. So there was only only so much characterization and depth we could get with them in the movies because they had to share screen time with everybody else. So this was a nice way to, you know, really go in depth with who these characters are, you know, a little bit more on their origins or at least Wanda's for cer- for uh, for certain. I tried to say sure and certain at the same time. <laughs> so it came out as sir. Uh, um, but yeah, so it's it's definitely a good thing that, you know, we can see some of these characters who haven't quite been given as much screen time or um, or or detailed backgrounds. Right. 
So like, you know, we got Hawkeye coming up later in the year. So it'll be a similar thing as Hawkeye's just kind of always been a peripheral character. He it's, hasn't really been able to shine on his own. And same for in two weeks, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier also. You know, they could also do right. anything. And this, I think their series is like an hour long. It's 60 minutes for six episodes. Right. And I think I think that's pretty cool because like you said, once again, we can see more more about Bucky and more about the... Um, um, the Falcon, um, Anthony Mackie um, character. Um, what's his name? Um, damn, what's the Falcon's name? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Oh man! Well, now, now I am. Damn, I'm you, drawing a blank. Completely thrown me Sam, off. Sam, Sam, uh, Sam, Sam Wilson. Sam yes. Wilson. That's right. <laughs> damn. <laughs> but you know, you got those characters. So it and you got Loki coming in May, and the things. And I'm really in, like you said, I'm really enjoying this. This way to storytelling, because like you said, with the movies, you got like three or three or four movies each year for the Marvel um, Studios. And, you know, they got two hour long movies, but we don't get much after that. You know, you know, we got the movies, the big um, group movie. Then they had a solo movie. But with the television series, like you said, character development, characterization. I mean, you all kinds of things you could do with a TV series. Eight episodes, six, six to eight episodes. So I, right. I really and, and the three. Right. And the threads that you can do with them, too, you know, because a lot of times you have to be like, well, this movie ties into this movie. So we need to do these little threads in order for this one to lead into the next one. Well, now they can do this thing where they're like, okay, here's the movie. And now we have a TV show that we can plant some of these ideas in that then can lead into the next movie. So they don't have to like consecutively. uh, The movies don't have to work consecutively. You can kind of spread out some of the yes. You can spread out some of the little threads that are all going to connect at some point down the line. Yeah, and I think one division. So you don't you don't get the bloated Age of Ultron stuff where they threw in all that extra oh, crap. So you know? many plots. There were so many plots. <laughs> right. <in that> month. <laughs> they could lay the foundation for later. Right. Right. So one division actually did that when the, the season finale. They kind of like okay, we did everything. Now this is going to lead to something else, which is a typical. Marvel Studio thing, right? They put the seeds in there, right? That they lay the foundation for future films or future television shows, right now. So um, I think that was pretty cool. So like I said, they started with the homage with the sitcoms with the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, and the two thousands. And I think that was it was done very well. I believe I think Wanda. I mean, what's her name? Elizabeth Olsen. I think she did a hell of a job playing Wanda Maximoff in the Scarlet Witch. I think she really did. She pulled it off, man. Cause like you oh, said, yeah, no, she's, she's great. She did a great job. She, yeah, cause we like we said, we only saw saw her in the movies in four movies, and you know, like you said, this television series make you feel kind of feel for her. I mean, what she's been through <laughs> in the in, in her past, and you know what she's been through in the present with Vision dying in the Infinity War, and she had to kill him the first time, then Thanos killed him the second time, and that kind of that ramification of her. She felt so sad and depressed and stuff like that, and and you see the reason why she did the things she did in in one division, creating that um that those that world for her because she was grieving. Right the the whole the whole series is really an expression of grief, right. um you know and uh, and so yeah it was nice to see the different facets of Wanda's personality and how uh, Elizabeth Olsen portrayed them you know so. You, we knew we've seen her kind of sad. We've seen her kind of guilty in the past and some of the other movies, but you know, this one really got to show us 
what would it like for her to be happy? What's her happy life? Because she's obviously had a pretty crappy life. Yes, yeah, she's kind of. We've already kind of figured that out from what we've seen of her in the past. Um, so it's like, yeah, what what would a stable life look like? What would happiness look like to her? You know, what if she could live in this, you know, little perfect utopia and have a family and you know show love and and so it, yeah, it was great to see all these different aspects of her. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think it was, I think Elizabeth Olsen did a great job and I think it was good for us to, to start to learn more about this character, especially because there's also a side of her that's kind of sinister. Yes, um, you're right. It really with is. This whole thing is, you know, and obviously the, the character in the comics is mentally unstable and we're starting to see a lot more of that and the, you know, the show shows off that aspect of her personality as well. Right. Yeah, Cause you know, in the, in the comic book, she is unstable, but her powers is like, like they want, like, um, she said it's chaos, you know, probability, you know, you don't know what's going to happen and she can't control most of the time in the comic book. You know what I'm saying? So that was how we got the house of M the how she disassembled the Avengers, you know, back in the comic books, you know, she killed the Hawkeye. She killed Jack of Hearts. She, she had made Tony Stark think he was a fucking drunk again <laughs> in the book. Yep. Yo, so she's that powerful. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> well, yeah, when you have someone who's that powerful and can warp reality, <laughs> when they're a little bit mentally unstable, that's never a good combination. And never. And I think Marvel got plenty of those characters, like Legion from um, Marvel, from X-Men. You know, he's unstable. He's, he warped reality. Um. That's another story within itself in the X-Men universe. <laughs> right. Yeah, so um, I, I, even Paul Bethany, dude, I mean, he's been been with the MCU from the beginning at Jarvis, right? You know, yep. Iron Man. I mean, to tell him to think about it, he's probably been the, the actor that's been in most movies since, <laughs> you know, at Jarvis and Vision. It's uh, very possible. Think about it, man. Iron Man 1 and 2 and the Avengers – I think he was in three also. And then he played Vision in Age of Ultron. And, yeah, he's probably, man. I got to look that up, dude. I really have to. <laughs> I really have to see how many movies he's been in as Jarvis and Vision. But, um, yeah, I mean, Nick Fury may have been in more. You know, Samuel Jackson may have been in more. But, yeah, I'm just thinking about it, man. But we'll Yeah, be- I mean, it, it would be, yeah, those two or Robert Downey Jr. are probably the ones who have shown up the most. Yeah, they really did, man. So, Paul Bethany, man, I, I think both of them did a great job. The chemistry they have together, man, as Vision and Wanda, you know, there's some there's some great act. I mean, some good actors, man. Uh, seriously, because you mm-hmm. know Paul Bethany, and like you said, we're gonna be spoilers because we're talking all over the place. And like you said, this is a review. And you know, when he played Vision, the one that Wanda has imagined in her mind and made up in her world. Then all of a sudden we get a, the other, <laughs> the other vision. That's the the, the white, you know. They call um they called them the Calorac, right? That what was it the um the program that Haywood was making? The get the vision back oh, online. I oh, I don't remember. But anyway, you know, so we get the white vision, and we get the original vision. And he playing both parts, man. That was pretty good, I thought, because you know he was trolling people, talking about yes <laughs> on the internet. He said yes, we got an actor that's going to be um, coming, and he never gave a name. Come to find out, the actor was him playing himself, playing Vision. Right. I'm like, okay, we get it. But I think Paul Bethany did a great job, man. And you know, and also Catherine, what's her name? Catherine Hahn. 
Catherine Hahn. Yeah, see, I'm not familiar with Catherine Hahn that well, man, as an actress. I think I've seen her in one or two movies. You know, and she, she always... shows up usually as like a as like a bit part um, in a lot of comedies and uh, maybe some indie films and stuff. But yeah, she's always been good. I like Catherine Hahn. I think she did a good job of playing um, Agnes and Agatha, Agatha Harkness. You know, because mm-hmm, for sure, and she... you could tell she was having fun. Oh yeah, of course, of course she was having fun. I mean, you know, and her backstory they gave her her backstory in the um, TV series also, um, briefly. And you get where she was coming from. And I think this is a great way, because we never heard about witches in the MCU, right? You all heard about sorcerers and Doctor Strange. But this was the first time we heard about a witch, you know? And how they got their powers and stuff. Because I think in Doctor Strange, the way they got their power through the dark dimension, dark force. And remember in, back in the movie, what was it? Baron, I mean, it was Immortal? Yeah. He More found out, yeah, he found out the truth where the magic came from. He was disgusted about it, right? So the whole magic thing is new for them MCU, man, because we dealt with aliens and gods and science and enhanced humans and stuff like that. When it came to the magic thing, it was practically new. So this was something refreshing to see Agatha Harkness being a witch, showing her powers and how she became who she is. And um, she ch- and why she's so um fixated on Wanda, you know, so I think that was pretty cool to show her, show that too, the the um the witch part of it, the magic part of it, you know. Right, yeah, I was actually just reading on the uh, the Wikipedia, and so under under um Catherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness, um, when she was introduced to the thing. Uh, Catherine Hahn actually likened Agatha's relationship to uh, um, Salieri and Mozart, like from the film Amadeus. Oh, yeah. Where where it was kind of, you know, there was a respect, um, a kind of rivalry, but, you know, but it's it kind of was maddening um, to Agatha to see magic come so naturally to Wanda, Whereas she had to really work for it. That's true. Um, That's right. Because she's right. So it's kind of yeah. It's it's kind of that whole you know, a, a pure natural versus you know a hard worker type thing. Oh and, uh, yeah. That's so yeah, I thought that was an interesting an interesting way to look at it. Uh, comparison, an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because she asked, "How did you do this?" And Wanda could not explain it to her. You know, and. And it kind of showed her in the one, one of the episodes when we going back to Wanda and Pietro uh, relationship when they were kids, and we figure out, we see how they, how her past, how she they showed a flashback, and you know in the age of Ultron they said we stayed in our home for two days with a uh, what was a Stark Industries bomb in our home that turned out to be a dud, dud. yeah, so it never went off. So this is some kind of this is some sort of retcon. I'm, I'm kind of this is that's a this is a soft retcon, I believe. So they gave an explanation of why it was like that, and the one not one but Agatha told her that you have a um, probability um, hex or something like that. So, so is it a retcon, I, or is it just you know a different storytelling they, of it? That was well, that was how you explained that it was a dud. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you, they basically just had told us in the past that it was just a dud, dud that hadn't gone, but. 
you know, it's not really a retcon to say, well, the reason it didn't go off was because it landed right next to a witch with chaos probability magic. True. <laughs> you know? And then you can, yeah, true. You're right. And it's not a retcon, but it just explained it even more in the in TV series then. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that does make sense. So they explain it even more. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And then on top of that, when they was getting experiment on with the, was it the space? The Tesseract? The Mind Stone. No, 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 the Mind Stone, right. It was the Mind Stone. And some kind of way, that I guess the Mind Stone it has kind of activated her powers even more, her innate powers. Right. And so, so, you know, they, they had been experimenting on other, you know, like orphans and things like that in or with the Mind Stone to try and unleash powers. And all of them resulted in, in death and failure. Yeah. But Wanda was the first one where it actually worked. And as we discover, it's because she already had the magic power within her. Um, it was just dormant. She didn't know, she didn't know about it or how to activate it, you know, on a conscious level. Now, and so the Mind Stone just kind of enhanced it and brought it much more to the fore. Now, here's the question: Was her brother gifted with those powers? That was always my question. They didn't really answer that. And that's another but thing. But he must have been, you know, as since they were twins and related, he must have had some power within him as well. Right. Not necessarily the chaos magic power, but it was enough or her probability was enough to cause him the... to not die from exposure to the Mind Stone and to be a to be affected and to inherit powers as well. Now here goes the other question. Because just like just like her probability caused the bomb not to go off, maybe it also saved him and spared him and gave him powers instead. And alter his DNA, right? So here goes the other question, right. or not question, but the other thing that happened in one division with Monica Rambeau, the same exact thing. Remember, she went in there the first time, and she said her cell was exposed, it would change, and she went there for the second time. And probably the probable magic, the um, the chaos magic, probably changed her cells and gave her powers. Just think about that. Right, it did. Going through the hex, yeah, she had gone through the hex three, three times, times. Yeah, once to go in, once when she was blasted out, and the third time when she went in voluntarily again. So, so yes, <laughs> so, so that, that chaos, that chaos magic, yeah, altered her DNA as well and right. gave her superpowers. So yeah, it's very possible that something on a similar line happened with Pietro. Right. So I was always thinking about that was while I was watching it and then just going back to his powers, like how he get his powers? Was he born with it or did she change them or something? So they never explain his powers but hers, right? Because they twins, you know. So I thought that was pretty strange in itself. So um also when people was talking about um speaking of our brother Evan Evans Evan Peters showing up. You know, because he played Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. And people said, oh, man, this might be the chance for the mutants coming. No, dude. The fan, these fan theories be killing me, man. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to touch on that at the end. Yeah, but, but, yeah, they, they definitely played into um, knowing that fans were going to speculate like crazy. Um, so, yeah. They intentionally decided, well, we need to bring, you know, let's bring Pietro into this. And since we can play with this thing and one of the tropes or, you know, things that happen both in the Marvel movies and in um, television shows in general is this whole notion of recasting right. uh, parts. So what if we were to recast Quicksilver 
with the Quicksilver from the other Fox <laughs> mutants, X-Men mutants uh, movies and put him in this and it would just blow fans' mind because they would just go all you know, crazy on the message boards with, Wish- you know, is this going to be the crossover? Is this going to bring the X-Men into the universe? Is this going to be, you know, or is it just going to be a red herring? Um, and it turns out it was a red mm-hmm. herring. It's Which like, I don't mind. I don't mind right. at all. This was the one thing that I liked that they did um, to mess with fans. I did enjoy this little, yeah, this little um, nod that they did because, you know, they knew that fans were going to be doing this. Right. And, you know, people talk, and they put in like Mr. Fantastic name in there too. Reed Richards said, okay, why we want to bring this in? Because people got to realize this. They got the rights. But they don't have the people yet, as of yet. They do not have the stories yet, man. They just at recently, least, yes, so far as we know, as yeah. we know, right? And, you know, because they got the rights back in 2018, right? So so far, it's been three years now. Right. Yeah. Right. And you, and you have to figure this was. Um, I think I read that they kind of uh, greenlighted this in early 2019. So that's when they started writing it. Right. And then they started shooting it in early 2020. And then had to pause for COVID and finished it at the end of 2020 um, and then released it, you know, here at the beginning of 2021. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's like a two-year window right there. That's it. That's it. Uh, that's it, man. Well, I, I thought it was pretty cool, man. Like you said, we as fans, including the, the comic book nerds like me, you know, say, oh, yeah, they, this, we brought them in. It's not because – I really appreciate that. I'm glad he did it that way because now it leaves things open for, but uh, <laughs> open for um, something else. But you know the funny thing about it, man, is when they recast the, uh, my brother, and then we find out what his real name was. People was upset at that too. <laughs> Ralph Boner. Ralph Boner. I'm like, <laughs> Ralph Boner. I'm like, okay, all right. But who knows, man? I mean, he he might show up some other way around. Who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? But I thought that was pretty cool. They gave a little fake out for all the fan theories and things like that. You know, gave him a great fake out. Because I, I wasn't – I really didn't get on that board, that train, when they started doing that. But I thought it was pretty cool for them to do that, to recast him. You know, I so I liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was it was a fun little you know little Easter egg they threw in there. Um, Yo, but my, yeah, um, what, go ahead. I mean, another thing, man. I'm, so we going by uh, actor for actor. I mean, I'm just going. What you think about um, Kat Dennings um, repraising her role as was it Darcy Lewis? Yeah, uh, Darcy Lewis. Oh, I, it, she's great. I loved Kat Dennings in the Thor movies. She was hilarious. Um, so yeah, I was. I honestly have to say my favorite episode of this entire series was episode four because, you know, I like Wanda. I like Vision, but I've I've never been a huge fan of them, right. even in the comics. Um, I wasn't either, but I mean. Right. But, you know, when episode four rolled around and, you know, we got adult Monica Rambo, and, and then, you know, as soon as Jimmy Woo showed up, I was like, to be, you know, a great pun. Woo! Ooh. is what I, I did but you know <laughs> um, and then you know when we got Darcy Lewis showing up again I was like super excited it was like you know now we got the connecting threads and these were kind of minor characters right. that we had seen before so it's nice to kind of see them starting to play a role um, yeah so it, episode four was one of my favorites where we started to see what all of this meant and what was happening and you know it was great to see you know characters like Jimmy Woo and uh, and 
Darcy Lewis, Lewis right. come back. So yeah, I, I like Kat Dennings. She's she's just she's funny. She you know she's got that she's got that sarcasm, but it's kind of like that disaffected you know eh, whatever type you know mood. But <laughs> yo, yo, when she was in the in the back of that truck with all the scientists and the dude didn't want to say anything, <laughs> then he says something. What did she say? Um, uh, oh, we, we don't care. <laughs> She said, I'm a physicist, I'm an astrophysicist, I'm a whatever geneticist. And the guy finally said what he was. She said, I don't care. <laughs> moved on. But you know, yeah. man, I like Randall Park, man, Jimmy Woo. I like that guy, man. Yeah. I like that character, man. Cause Yeah, I felt bad for him in Ant Man and the Wasp because, you know, he was kind of like the punching bag. Kind of the bad guy yeah. because he had to be the one, you know, putting him under house arrest and all that. But, you know, he he had his little quirks and you kind of felt bad for him. He seemed just like a lonely dude, you know. Yeah. Well, come to <laughs> like find the whole, out, you know. Oh yeah, we should hang out and go. To, uh, unless you really meant to go hang. No. Why would I want to hang out? With you? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. You know. But yeah, he's so lonely. Then, yeah, he, finally, my, he finally got yeah, the card trick favorite, right. Yeah, my favorite scene was when he yeah he pulled out the card trick. You know, and took his his business card. That yeah, that was like probably my favorite scene in the entire series. <laughs> It, well, just, it was perfect. Well, I, what to me I think, man, is it's great to have recurring actors and come and play the same characters. And who know who knows, man? Because it might be a recurring thing with I mean, recurring um, thing for some of these characters that come in other movies or other other TV show. Now, Jimmy Woo, he is a um, a government agent, right? So who to show who who might say he might show up in like. The Falcon and Winter Soldier, we don't know about. They probably surprised us. Who know? Who knows? He might come up in one of the other television series like Moon Knight or She Hulk or things of that nature, you know, or even the Armor Wars with um, War Machine. Who knows? Yeah, he's I mean, government. for sure. It's, it's right. He's an FBI agent. So, and it sounds like he's kind of on the rise and, you know, moving up in the world. So it it does seem like yeah they're 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 charting a, a future for him and so he could show up you know the nice thing about some of the everyman characters is that they can show up in multiple things you know that was the whole Coulson deal yeah because Coulson kept showing up everywhere because he was the you know the everyman contact you know between the Avengers and Nick Fury yeah and. So yeah, it, he could show up, and you know who knows? They may eventually even do an Agents of Shield or something, which, you know, that's not Agents of Shield. Agents Sword. I mean, Agents, Agents of Atlas. Atlas. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right, Agents of Atlas. Yeah, which is Jimmy Woo in the comics is the head of yeah Agents of Atlas. That's right. So they could eventually go that direction. Well, if they you know, want, if, if they since Marvel so much is being diverse, that would be a great thing to do. Right, yeah, I mean, because yeah, Agents of Atlas is, uh, it's an all Asian superhero team, yeah. so it would be nice to see them move towards that. You know, maybe we'll get some more. You know, there was, there was already a character named Cindy in the Spider-Man movies right. on the debate team, right? And that could be Cindy Moon who becomes Silk. True. Who knows? You know, it's sometimes they're kind of dropping little things in there that may come to fruition later. Maybe they're just there as little Easter eggs. You know, this is kind of how Marvel operates. They really do. They they operate like the little Easter eggs. Oh, they said that. And a matter of fact, we got um, Shane Chi and the Ten Rings coming out this year, I think. Yeah, yeah it's we, supposed to come out in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they they got the first Asian lead on that too. So, I'll I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, shit. I mean, it's Marvel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Did you really even have to say that you were gonna watch it? Yeah, yeah man, I'm gonna watch yeah. it anyway. Hell, it's Marvel, dude. Come on, dude. 
And you know, and I like uh, what's the name? Tiana? Is it Tiana Paris? I'm saying that right. That played Monica Rambeau. Uh, I guess I guess that's how you pronounce it. Yes, Tiana Paris. Right. So, yeah. No, she was she was a great addition. I thought I thought she did a great job. You know, really made really made Monica a likable character. You know, someone who's assertive, kind of. You know, she's a go getter. Um, you know, we can definitely see that she's learned a lot from her mother and from you know Carol Captain Danvers, Marvel's, right? Captain right. Marvel, right? So, right. You know, yeah, I thought it was a great introduction for her and, you know, her her acquiring her powers. So now we know that we'll see her more in the future as well. That's I right. think Captain Marvel, Marvel 2. 2 is where we're going to see her next and, for certain. She may show up any, somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, and we who knows? And the thing is, I'm glad you said Captain Marvel 2. Um, this, like you said, we are saying spoilers in this um this episode. So, you know, Monica Rambeau, if, if and nobody know is that in the books she goes by the name first name was photon then captain marvel then spectrum spectrum yeah and her marvel her in her energy her powers are energy based i believe i think they're energy based powers and um i think that was pretty cool for her get her established in this series with her powers you know what i'm saying so Going forward, we know how we how we don't even know how powers work in the, so far, in this in in the, in the series. All we know that she have her eyes turn blue and she things phase through her, you know, and she and she well, didn't do they it. phase through her, but she she absorbs Absor- the energy, energy from them, which is which is why the bullets didn't go just right through her. She right. absorbed all of the all of the energy from the bullets, so they just stopped and dropped to the ground. Right. Yeah, because you know, they no longer had any of that, you know, inertia to them. That's right. And then she did have a super um, superhero pose, <laughs> the landing. I mean, right. So <laughs> the typical landing. Yeah, I believe she can fly and kind of yeah phase through and you know energy absorption in the comics, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because she's she's powerful, man. Yeah, she's she's powerful. Mm-hmm. And we did see we did see the whole you know the photon thing. They already they gave her her mother. Oh, that's the, right. Um, the nickname photon we saw on the plaque at the at sword headquarters. So they've kind of already thrown a little wink to that. Right. So maybe she might take up that n- name, or she might become Spectrum. So Captain Marvel. Right. So she'll probably yeah, either become Photon or Spectrum. Depends on whether she's going to honor her mother's legacy first, or right. if she's going to go with something different. Right. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was pretty cool because this be the the first that be the first African American superhero female character for the MCU. Thinking about it now. Wait, what? She'd be the first female, you know, we got Captain Marvel, we have Shuri, but Shuri does not have any power, everything is technology technology based. Then I'm as as female characters, man, you got Wanda. But this would be the first time that we have a um a African American, a black lady with superpowers in the MCU. Right? Um I, think I believe so. so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, because n- none of the people in Wakanda really had superpowers no, no. other than other than um, T'Challa. Yeah, T'Challa. Yeah, that's about right. And then yeah, and yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, man. So that that was the first two. And so I mean, I'm I'm just pointing that out, but yeah, but that'd be the first also. And but like I said, that was a great addition. Um, to put her on the TV series, man. 
I they I think the writers man did a good job of putting characters in certain scenes and areas where they needed to be, you know, in in the, in the TV series, you know. And another thing I like in the beginning of this series was the commercials they had. Right. Okay. So yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about the commercials then. Yeah. The commercial. <laughs> the commercials. I think the commercials were things that happened in her past, like the right, hydra. That's what it. It's yeah. It started to become clear um, that a lot of it was tied to the things in her past, but presented as a you know old timey commercials that fit whatever, you know, whatever decade we were in. Um, yeah. And I, I totally agree with you on that one. That's what I was thinking. But I think the latest, I mean, think the latest commercial that I think was the last commercial that they did was the Nexus. Now that played along with what she was doing in that episode. What was the episode? There was episode six. No, episode seven. Yeah, I think it was episode seven when we when finally found out what her powers were, you know, and they said Nexus because Nexus is the, is the center of all realities, right? And um, now, episode eight was when we found out her powers. So was it Nexus with the last one? Episode episode eight was the one where she was going through her past. Okay. But Nexus was the, that commercial that was like that wasn't that was like a medication commercial. It was like whatever. Nexus calls this and that this and that. That was the one about like depression. Depression and stuff like yeah, that, I think, right. I think that was episode seven. Okay. Yeah, because there was no commercial in episode eight and, or nine. Right. So that was the last one. That was the last one. Because someone pointed out with that is that with that commercial, they said, well, Scarlet Witch, well, she named, got her name in episode eight, that Scarlet Witch was like the nexus of all realities, you know, because with her power, she create things, right? So she was a Nexus um, being. I'm like, okay, well, I get it. I get what you're saying because she can create reality. <laughs> so and alter it in the way she wanted, it, the way it looked. So, so I thought that was pretty, pretty decent. I mean, pretty cool to say, see something like that. The commercial was great, man. Like you said, the some dealt with the past, and I think the last one didn't deal with the past. The last one dealt with what was in the present. You know, right. So the commercial thing was pretty pretty um smart to have within the um the sitcoms you know because all sitcoms are like that with the commercials so that's what i thought was pretty cool yeah so you know maybe we should discuss a little bit you know go go a little bit more in depth with some of the plot and you know how whether we thought they worked or you know what um what we liked about it um because so, so, the one thing that always sticks out to me is the whole sword plotline with uh, Hayward. Oh, and yeah. That was probably the one thing that really didn't work in this series. In the, is that his motivations were very unclear. Um, he was painted to be the bad guy, but then he was just kind of dealt with pretty quickly. And yeah, it, it, he just kind of seemed more like a nuisance than he was an actual obstacle um, you know, villain. Yeah, you know he, what I'm saying. I think what it, he that's just that's just threw him in there. He was really not right. the vehicle behind. He was in. He's just there, you know. And they never never gave a reason why he wanted the vision. Well, the vision, um, the android. You know, I think he was just there, man. It's just as far as he was not 
the motivation for the plot. You know, I'm, you understand what I'm saying? He was uh, anybody could play that part. I mean, as far as well, actor, yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, it just, it, yeah, it, it's just his motivation was a little unclear, and that was kind of the weakest part of the show, I thought. Yeah, because the things he, he shouldn't have done it anyway. That's the problem. I mean, it was no reason for that. Period. For that character to do the things he did, it was no rhyme and reason. Why are you doing this? You know. You already got enough right. problem I mean, as it, is. With I mean, it's it seemed like yeah his his primary motivation was you know he wanted he wanted to use vision as a weapon, um, you know with and, the potential to you know mass produce weapons. And you know what um, she said in the beginning when they when she came out of the blip when she met up with Hayward, she said, "What happened to the observe in response?" Right. Remember she said that. He they not he wasn't observing on response. He's been trying to make a fucking weapon, right? And exactly. That's what I'm, I'm going back thinking now in that conversation they had. You know, it was so it means sentient, sentient weapons, observation, response department, right? So where was the observe the observe and response? You said everything. He said everything changed with um, computers and AIs and stuff like that. Right then and there, you know, his his intention was not very valid. I mean, um, good at all. Period. You know? Right. He just she, yeah. He kind of played more of the you know the corrupt bureaucrat you know, politician or you know yeah bureaucrat role. Yeah. Wish we have enough of those already. The, trying to take the company in a different direction that's you know more aggressive and destructive. But we had that issue already in uh, some of the movies. Remember? Right. <laughs> why do it again? Right. Which is why it came off as like lackluster and people were just kind of bored with it. Um so yeah, it didn't it didn't work very well, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with you on that plot. I think you know, once you said it now we're thinking about it in our conversation. Yeah, that was a weak plot. That was weak. It's, yeah, it was not in use for that at all. So. Right. You know, where where the where the series was at its strongest was really with the um you know the character development the 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 grief and the you know the feelings and the love and the you know that Wanda had that was that was where its real strength lied and it was it was fun in the way that it played with the you know the different genres and the different decades of television and the you know the parodies and um and it was very irreverent and you know a little bit humorous and kind of clever and you know, mysterious and meta in a way that was that was great. Right. Um, but yeah, at, at at the end of it, it really comes down to the heart. That's kind of what it it was all about. Right. Yeah, I agree was with her, you on that. Was her processing through you know the five stages of grief really? Right. But it's kind of this is how someone who has that much power to bend reality processes grief. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, not a good thing. Not that way. I mean, and and she finally realized that she was causing other people grief through her grief. The people of the Westview, yeah. the, the the citizens, she was causing them grief. They didn't want that, and she finally realized that in the last episode that you know I need to stop this because what I'm doing now is I'm causing pain for other people. They don't deserve that. They really didn't, you know. So she she it, it affected everybody so that surrounded her. Even she didn't even know right. those people, and and that's what what happens, man. When someone's grieving, man, they don't they don't see the ramifications of their grief. To, to, I mean, for other people around them, 
you know. right everything's everything tends to be internalized and you tend to shut out the rest of the world because right. you're in so much pain right you can't deal with that at the same time as you know dealing with your own uh, inner turmoil um so yeah it, it's a good metaphor for that and you know it is nice that she finally came around and saw the impact of her actions right. but i did have a little bit of a problem with the end because of that is that you know she got to just kind of walk away scot-free um, after everything that she did. But, you know, she traumatized those people for that life. She really did. Uh, and she and, knows you that. Know, even, even though, yeah, and even though Monica was like, you know, you're just, you know, they'll, they'll never know what you sacrificed for them. But at the same time, it's like, well, they wouldn't be in this situation if it weren't for her in the first place. That's right. You know, it's like, yes, she sacrificed Vision and she sacrificed her, her sons. And so she sacrificed her happy home life and her family and everything like that. But she created them out of nothing in the first place. And that's they what... wouldn't exist if she hadn't done this and, you know, and captured this entire town and kidnapped them and placed them, brainwashed them all. So it's kind of like, yeah, she sacrificed something, but she was really just giving them back what she stole in the first place. <laughs> yeah, because when she got to that town, that town was really like down in the dumps yeah wasn't it was just it? kind of yeah rural rural um outskirts town that just kind of you know was like the economy hit it very hard never bounced back right it had been hit hard by the economy you yeah. know which given given the blip and everything like that isn't really you know the snap and the yeah the, oh, word, the blip as true. they call it you know we had they had five years with like half the population had disappeared so you know, we had obviously seen in Endgame that 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 impacted a lot of people, especially with their own despair and grief and, you know, trying to cope with the world, having lost loved ones, just like, you know, in a heartbeat. Right. Um, and that's so, what in Wanda didn't think of nothing like that. You know, and, you know, you're right. But you know what, though? With all things was done and everything, there are repercussions of what she have done. Now, I don't think. They, the, the writers have not forgotten what she's done. I know it's, it's a story, it's storytelling. So we're going right. to see her um, again in the Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange. So some kind of way, what she did, is, is it affected things going forward. You understand what right. I'm saying? There are some people who think that she may actually become like the big bad or, you know, I thought a, the same a villain thing too. in her own right, which yeah. is possible. But yeah, it it's... At the, I don't know that it's going to go that far, but it, it's definitely showing that there's there's a selfish and destructive part of her I am that a... you know could border on evil, Being or, you evil. know at least right now. So speaking of evil, I'm sure they'll play with that in the future. Now speaking of evil, now I'm, I'm going back to what you said earlier in this conversation in this episode is that you said the dark hold right. Now, when Agatha Harkness described to her the Darkhold, the Book of Sin. Now, the Darkhold in the comic book um, is very powerful book, man. Many people have like used it because <laughs> it, it's called the Book of Sin, the Book of Damned, you know, stuff like that. And now that Agatha Harkness used it, and she describes the wonder what she really is. She, she called her the scholar wish the chaos um bring her what you know destruction and stuff like that and you know and, and she said even the source sorcerer supreme had like had problems with this book <laughs> I'm like okay and like right. we said she, earlier that 
the Scarlet Witch is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Right. I'm like, oh, damn. So that maze opens. That's like they said, that's going to the movie for Doctor Strange, right? But, you know. Right. And that's, you know. So, yeah. And then, like you said, with the Dark Hold, man, this book was, once again, we're going back to some of the Marvel television series, like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways. It was used in the old TV series. And that is not canon. What they did now with the Dark Hold here is canon in the MCU. I mean. It's what it is. It's what it is. Right. Or yeah. Or at least they need to find a way to explain why the dark hold showed up in those other shows as well. Um, so that's why. Yeah. That was why we mentioned that those could be moot and no longer canon because mm-hmm. the dark hold has now officially shown up in mm-hmm. um, the the main MCU right uh, timeline and now Scarlet Witch. You know, Wanda has it and has been pouring through it as we see in the, the, the very end credits, last the end, credits, end credits scene and wish you hear Hassan voices in the background right right so yeah they had at the at the end basically yeah she had to say goodbye to uh her sons and um the vision that she had recreated because they didn't really exist she had created them so when she got rid of the hex and brought down her magic and freed the town they disappeared along with it but at at the end, she's just kind of out in a remote cabin in the the mountains, um, kind of hiding out. And you see her just kind of chilling and, you know, chilling outside on the porch. But in the back, she has a spectral version of herself, kind of like in Doctor Strange, right, right. going through the, the Darkhold, dark just reading through it. And then as she's doing that, she hears um, the voices of her son's calling for help right and that's where it ends yeah so that's a problem within itself because in the book she did have some kids vision of scarlet which had a kid had two kids they were named billy and tommy and that's a whole nother story within itself you know comic book stuff gets very wonky <laughs> yeah yeah yes. so so that that was part of the end credit and now speaking of another credit the mid credit we see that after everything was done you know jimmy woo gets promoted Monica Rambeau was talking to him and she needed in the movie theater. He said, an FBI agent would need to see you. So when she's walking with the FBI agent, all of a sudden, this agent turns into a scroll. And I said to myself, okay, we know where we're going with this. So the scroll told her, scroll told her that someone up, someone needs to see you, an old friend. And yeah, she a po- friend of her mother's. mother's. Yeah. yeah, an old friend of the mother. She pointed up, to the, up in, in the air, up in space. And we're talking about Nick Fury. So that leads into two things, Captain Marvel 2 and Secret Invasion. So Secret Invasion is going to be, I think, a, a miniseries like the other, like a two or three-part miniseries, I guess. So I think that was pretty cool, too. Like, now we get the ball rolling. Now it leaves, like I said once before, now you got other things going on now. You got other uh, two movies and another series that's in the um, in the making. So I think that was pretty cool also. Typical Marvel, yep. right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. They they always have the threads going, and you know that's that's the thing is that they introduce a character here, and then you know the the idea is to then have them show up later on um, as part of a team or you know uh, a group movie that sort of thing, right? Or maybe even eventually their own movie. But yeah, so it's it's it was nice to see you know more come from that. You know, we got to see more of 
you know, Jimmy Wu and Darcy Lewis and, you know, where they are at this at this time and they could still show up later. And then the origins of, you know, Monica Rambeau's superpowers and how she'll show up down the line and don't as forget. well as, you know, bringing us you know where Wanda is and then leading into, you know, potential, you know, meeting up with Doctor Strange as but that's been more of just suggested. Right. You but know, you know what, though? Don't there was, forget. There, they constantly were saying that there was this direct link between um, WandaVision and, you know, the next Doctor Strange movie. But it really wasn't as direct as they made it sound. No. And don't forget about the White Vision. He all, he suddenly disappeared. Right. So, yeah, the White Vision has now got his memories have been restored for the most part. Um, so... You know, we're not really sure where he stands on things, but he does seem to be more like the vision of old. Right. And now, now he is out there. He yeah, he took off. Um, and so we will now have we'll see him pop up again in the future for sure. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see in what capacity. Right. So wrapping things up, man, I want to know I'm going to give you the scale from one to ten. And I want you to give me the reason why that you rated this series the way it did from one to 10. What did you give it? Um, I'll give it a nine. I thought it was very entertaining. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to take this as taking the the show as a whole. Um, I'd give it a nine. Um, because yeah, I, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was quirky. I thought it was, you know, clever. I liked the, the characters that came back. You know, I liked the progression that they had and the characterization. We got more of Wanda. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought the last episode was a little bit, you know, lackluster compared to the rest. It but they had to wrap it up. And they had maybe, to wrap yeah, it up. It didn't wrap it up. It didn't wrap it up quite in satisfactory a way as I had hoped. Um, but the one downside I do have is that it's the same thing I said when we were we were talking about the first two episodes is that. I think this series would have worked better as a bingeable series if it dropped all at once. Right. Because, you know, it it opened up the floodgates to the whole, you know, fans over-speculating, which kind of ruined a lot of the show and created too much hype and too much expectation that none of it could live up to that expectation because fanboy is going to fanboy. True. Um, Always. And, you know, they they tried to get ahead of that, you know, with the whole Evan Peters thing we had talked about, um, his casting, and that even the fans had already figured out that it was Agatha Harkness before the show even dropped. But they they even tried to throw in that, um, knowing that fans were going to do that, they even threw in that one episode, the Halloween one, where Vision encounters Agatha, and she seems like she's also been brainwashed. Uh, But then we find out an episode later she was just faking it. Um, and then it did turn out to be because the, so they threw in that, well, she can't be Agnes. She's also brainwashed, but then, Oh, Nope. She was just pretending she actually is Agnes. So it was confirmed that their, their theories were right. But you know, they had like 500 other theories going and who's going to cameo is yeah. Richard's going <laughs> to show up. And who's the, you know, and it just got so out of hand that it couldn't live up to those expectations. Um, so I think this would have worked much better if it had all dropped at once so you could just watch it all the way through. And then those fan theories become just a bunch of bullshit because right. I know I'm going to get on my soapbox here. But the fan speculation, which I've mentioned before, is it drives me nuts. I, I don't read that stuff. I don't go into it. 
you know, every now and then I'll be like, well, this is where it could go, or it'd be nice if this person showed up as a cameo, but I'm never going to go to the level where I expect it because I've seen in the past how my hopes and speculations have really <laughs> just destroyed any enjoyment of a series because it didn't it didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. And unfortunately, a lot of fans do that, and then they just shoot themselves in the foot because it's not what they wanted it to be. Yeah. I but agree. that's kind of always been a thing. Comics have been the same thing yeah. always. You know, they've always been disappointed because they're like, well, I could have written it better. Well, you're not the writer, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so Okay. But, so... but yeah, I mean, overall it was enjoyable. I just kind of wish it had all been, you know, dropped all at once. Right. I think it would have worked better that way. Okay. So Trevor guys would give it a 9 out of 10. Okay, that's good, Trevor. Damn. All right. For me, I'm gonna give it a nine. Also, like I said, um, Wonder, Wonder, and Vision are not one of my favorite characters at all in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or even in the comic books in general. But I thought it was something that was different within itself. You know, it was different than any other thing they put out there um, before. You know, Marvel, the Cinematic Universe, put all types of movies out there, right? But this was their first TV series, and my expectation was not very very high on this movie on this tv series at first but as i gradually watched each episode and i I got into it i say this is pretty this is good you know so as a whole man i was very satisfied with it i know it was kind of rushing the last episode but i mean i kind of expect that because it was like only 48 minutes man it wasn't an hour it was not even an hour and you and I talked about that. Yeah, it's, it's 50 minutes. It was yeah. 50 minutes, yeah. So you and I talked about that. And I said the last one was going to be longer than any other. And I, I was right. <laughs> so, But they still didn't put – they didn't finish the way it needed to finish for the last episode. But I was still satisfied as a whole for the TV series, right? So, I mean, I think the only problem that I really had was that, like you said, the the, the Haywood thing, the plot hole, I had problems with that in general. But – the acting for Wanda and Paul Beth- Paul Bethany. I mean, I mean, at the acting of Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bethany. I think I liked. I liked. I liked the supporting cast in general, even the little guys who played Billy and Tommy. They was good. yeah. I thought I thought the kids were great. I really yeah. enjoyed them. I really did, man. I think that was great, man. I really enjoyed them. And like I said, if this is was something unique in its own way, in the Marvel Cinematic Corner, you know, you know, in a little universe. And, you know, and it's his own little thing. And I really enjoyed it, man. And I, like I said, I give it 9 out of 10. It is so hopefully right. the, the, hopefully the next installment of Disney Plus shows will be the same thing, you know? I, I enjoyed it. And like I said. Right. And, you know, I mean, it, they always they always turn out high-quality product. And, you know, um, but, yeah, I have to admit, you know, the same as, as what you said. I'm not a huge fan of Wanda and Vision. Um even in the comics or even in the MCU, they just never have been at the top of my list. And so this was one of those shows that I wasn't really looking forward to. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll probably watch it, you know. Um, but I don't know how much enjoyment I'm going to get out of this. But that was why I, I rated it higher because I really enjoyed this. It, you know, it it definitely went beyond my expectations. Right. So. Yeah, good, good. So like we said, we are both in agreement. We both get a 9 out of 10. <laughs> Oh, there you go. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, this episode, you know, the One Division season um, review. So, Trevor, how can people catch you on your social media? 
Uh, they can find me on Twitter at, at Toshiro Noronin. All right, guys, you can check me at justbeingamers.com and also all my social sites, social media sites, um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Peace. Just being in this.